Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see changed lives, and we hope this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy the message. Well, good morning. Good morning. My name's Cindy Porter. Uh, for those of you who might not know me, maybe you're new to the Valley or newish, and we just haven't um, got to meet each other. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here at the Valley. The Valley has, is one church, but we have several campuses. So we have our Piqua campus. This is our Troy campus, of course. And then we're getting ready to launch our Sydney campus in September 2023. So if you're watching online, I want to welcome you to online church and uh, just say hello. And we're so glad you guys are with us today. So the Sydney campus, um, I'm just going to take a minute and share a story with you, okay, before I get into the, to the message. So we've been, you know, praying over a, a, a location and that came along. We are at the YMCA in September. It's closed on Sunday. So we've rented the entire facility out. It has amazing kids area and a great spot for our worship center. And we're just all pumped and the team's getting ready and we're working on everything. And the one thing that we needed that we didn't have was an office because, you know, we only have the, um, the Y on Sunday. So we needed somewhere that we could call home base like Monday through Friday. And so we talked to the Y. We're like, do you have a space for us? They weren't sure. You know, that's prime real estate offices are in any organization. So they called and they're like, we found you a spot. Now, I don't care that it's like the size of a broom closet. And I don't care that it's up on the top floor, kind of tucked in a corner. We don't care. We're just so excited to have a place. And um, last, let's see, two weeks ago, I spent the first uh, day in the office, me and the laptop, that was it. But anyway, I had the door open and right outside my door, literally from here to here is a walking track. And so people are just out there walking the track. And then um, I'm in a Zoom call, a Zoom meeting with the Piqua campus. And all of a sudden, ABBA comes on. And it's Dancing Queen. And there is a cardio drum group right outside my door, literally. Like, they, the, the team could hear everything. They're like, what's going on? And I'm like, that's the cardio drum group, you know. And we're listening to Dancing Queen. And I'm like, I am sorry, my office is way better than yours, you know. <laughs> I'm just like, I may be up here on the third floor stuck in a closet. But you, this is so awesome. So anyway, it's just been so fun to watch God provide everything that we need. And so I ask you all, if you'll just keep praying for us, that we need more people, more things, you know, resources, but God's just been giving it right at the right time. Um, His timing's been perfect. So there's no power in anything we're going to do in Sydney if there's not prayer behind it. So a lot of you, um, you're giving, some of you are coming to the Sydney campus, um, but most of all, I know you guys are praying, so I ask you to just keep that up. Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, anybody ever wonder, when, when you heard um, Shelly and Ronnie up here talking about New Year resolutions, anybody around here ever wonder how that originated? No. No interest at all. I can tell. You're like, we don't care. Well, I'm going to tell you. 
Um, so it, I, I was curious about it, um, since it's only January 15th, the message today um, is the series is called Resolve, and it's things that we resolve to do, we purpose to do, and I wondered, like, how did this get started, right? Well, believe it or not, America, we didn't make it up, it's not from us, um, we adapted it, adopted it. It started with the ancient Babylonians. In, in Babylon. So they um, had pagan gods that they would pray to and sacrifice to and worship. And so they believed that if they made a promise to the pagan gods, and it was usually about debt, paying off their debt, or giving, returning something they had taken. I don't think their character was real high. Um, but because it, it was always about what they owed and, and took from others. If they would return certain things, then the gods would show favor on them. Uh, and if they didn't, if they broke their promise, then of course things wouldn't go well for them. Later, the Romans adopted um, New Year's resolutions. And uh, they changed the date though. They changed it to January, the month of January. Because they worshipped a god called Janus, and Janus had one head and two faces. One face looked forward at the new year, and they believed the other face looked back at the old year. And so they would promise this god that they would be better people. It was more about better character. And if they failed with their promise, then they would reciprocate bad stuff from the God. And so that's how it all came along. And then, I don't know, we somewhere down the road, we've adopted uh, New Year resolutions. It's, it's a fun thing. It's a new slate. It's a fresh start, a new day. Um, so what do you think? And don't put it up on the screen yet. I want to have you guys tell me, just shout it out, in 2022... What do you think the top three resolutions were? Just shout it out. Lose weight. What else? Exercise. Yep. That's it. So the, let's put it up there. It was to exercise more, eat healthier, and lose weight. You guys nailed it. Something I did notice in, in when I was studying this is that it seems like as we, um, as the decades pass here in America anywhere, because I looked up like what was 1947 and, and, and the different years, what I have noticed is as the decades go, we are becoming more externally focused in what we want our goals to be. It's all about physical. It's what we look like, what we eat. What... And, you know, I was thinking about that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with setting goals for your physical health. There's nothing wrong setting goals, New Year resolutions for your um, mental health, your emotional health, um, any of those things, even your financial health. Those are good, good things to do. I have a friend, um, he put on Facebook on January 1 that his goal was to read more. And I was really proud of him. I'm like, go you, you're going to read more. And he said, I'm going to add subtitles onto the TV. I'm like, dude, that doesn't count. That is not a book. So today's January 15th, and my question to you is, if you made a New Year resolution, have you already tossed it? That's what I'm curious about. Have you already tossed it? Um, we start off hopeful, don't we? We start off excited about it. We start off resolved that we can do this thing. And I want to tell you, it's because setting the goal is the easy part. Would you agree? 
I mean, that's the easy part. We can set a goal that I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to read 50 books this year. Um, I'm going to pray more, or I'm going to organize my closets, right? That's the easy part, setting the goal. I don't know why, but whenever there's um, a new year, I resolve to eat more healthy. I'm one of the statistics up there. And I always plan to do it on Monday. Anybody with me? It's always on Monday, and on Sunday, I am resolved, right? I have high hopes. I believe I'm going to do this thing on Sunday. And then when Monday rolls around, no joke, by 10 or 11 o'clock, I'm like eating a donut. (laughs) I'm drinking a latte. I mean, without fail. And I tell myself, I'll just start next Monday. That's what I do. I don't say, like, I'll start at lunch, right? Or I'll start at dinner tonight. No, I like then just throw it out the window and I'm going to start next week. According to statistics, 80% of us abandon New Year resolutions and goals by February 14th, by Valentine's Day. It's over. And this uh, couple months ago, we moved into our new house in Sydney. And so let me be real with you. I'll share something that was really discouraging to me. I was disappointed in myself. So I, unpa- I got all the boxes, right? And I'm unpacking them. And I've been a, I journal. I, write, I have bullet journaled for a lot of years. I just write short sentences down about everything. And um, I got one of the boxes that said it had some journals in it. And it had seven years in there. Now, I don't journal pages on pages, right? One year can be in one book. So I get these seven journals out, and I'm looking through them, and I notice a pattern that I had set the same goal for every single one of those seven years. And I have not come close to it. I looked at it and I thought, I've not even come near meeting this goal. And it was so discouraging to me. And I thought to myself, so how, what is this? What is this about? We want it. We really want it. And I get tired of people saying, well, if you want it bad enough, you'll do it, right? People throw that out at me and I'm like, hmm, I do, I do want it, but I just can't seem to get... There's setting it, and then there's hitting it, you know? And there's something in between that I just can't get right to hitting it. It's like, what happens in between? And I've thought to myself, why do some people get there, and some of us, we just don't? And I realized uh, the, the title of today's message is called The Practice, or I'm sorry, The Power of Practice. It's the verb practice. To practice means that you repeat an action over and over and over. You just, you just do it again, and you just do it again. And so today we're going to talk about that, the principle of practicing something, or the power of practice. When I was growing up, um, my dad was a pastor of a little church that sat on a corner in a little neighborhood, and we sang songs every Sunday morning, much like we did here, only we just had a piano and a piano player and a hymn book. And so we would sing, and about 50% of the time, we didn't have anybody to play the piano for the music worship part of the service. And my dad was so frustrated with that. He'd do what he could to, to get people in that spot, and it just wasn't working. And he gets this great idea, he and my mom. They're like, we have a plan. We're, we've made a goal. 
we are going to have one of our daughters play the piano for church services. I was that daughter. All right? So it's a great goal. We're going to have our daughter play the piano for church. The problem with their goal was I don't play the piano. And that didn't stop my dad. He went out and bought a piano. And he bought music books. And then he went and he found a music teacher, a really good one. She was good at what she did. And so they would take me every week for 30 minutes to this piano lesson without fail for five years. Every week, they dropped me off at her house, picked me up 30 minutes later, dropped me off at the house, picked me. They did it over and over and over. Five years passed. I could not play one hymn in that entire book. Why? Because no matter what my parents did to make it happen, no matter what my music teacher did and how good she was, I never devoted myself to practicing the piano. I did not want to practice the piano. And a goal is just a great idea without the right practices in our life. The goal is just a great idea without the right habits and practices and actions that we do over and over in our life. Practice leads us to our goal. You form your practices and then your practices form you. I had to read that a few times, but it's true. You form your practices, what you do over and over and over, and then your practices form you. Today we're going to be in the Old Testament of the Bible. So if you've got your Bibles with you, pull those out. If you've got your phone app, your Bible on your phone, pull that out. We're going to be in the book of Daniel. So as we know, this whole series has been focused in the book of Daniel about the prophet Daniel, and today we're going to be in chapter 6. If you're watching online with us, we'll also put those verses up on the screen for you. Now, the story today is the one about Daniel in the lion's den. Maybe you have never heard of that story, or maybe when you went as a kid, you went to Sunday school or vacation Bible school, and you heard about that story, okay? Okay. We learned um, from the last few weeks the backstory on Daniel, and I'm going to run through it here for those of you who may not know, but he was taken as a young teen, probably the ages of 15 to 17, from his city of Jerusalem, his home, forcibly taken by the Babylonians to Babylon and held captive there. He was in exile there. And the Babylon today is the country of Iraq. And ever since he's been taken into exile, Daniel has served the kings, and there's been quite a few that have passed through, but he, is, he was taken there and he was put in the king's court to serve them in different capacities. And at the end of chapter 5 in the book of Daniel, we read that the Babylonians have met their match, they're going to be knocked out of power, and we've got a new transition of power coming in, the Medes and the Persians. Okay, and in chapter six, King Cyrus of the Persian Empire and Darius of the Median Empire are now the dudes in power. And here's a point that I want you to, to note. When you read the story in like the children's books or the children's Bibles, you know, they're illustrated, they're so awesome. They usually show Daniel as a young boy, right? Are you picturing Daniel in the lion's den as a young man? 
He was 80 years old when they threw him in the lion's den. I find that really important to us today because while this story is one of God's saving him and protecting him, there's another underlying part of the story that we're going to hone in on today. And the fact that Daniel is in his 80s when this happens is important to note. That means that he's been serving these kings, this foreign country in exile as a captive for 60 plus years. He's 80 years old at the time of the story. So let's get started. Daniel 6, let's start with verse 1. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. So a satrap, just so you know, that's a governor. So they've got 120 governors, and then they put three men who rule over all the governors. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Picture it much like a corporate restructure, okay? The new bosses are in town, it's takeover, and the new corporate team is restructuring a bit. Um, they want to make sure it goes well. So it's going well. In fact, it's so swell that Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Okay, there's something new. Not only is he, he's just not going to be one of the three that oversee all the governors. Now they're saying we want Daniel to oversee all of them. And at this, the administrators, the satraps, tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. Wouldn't that be amazing if they were unable, that they were unable to do so? Wouldn't that be amazing today if you were in political power and no matter what they tried, they couldn't find one piece of dirt on you? They're probably thinking that we don't want to take orders from this old dude. They're probably thinking that um, he, he's... It's a whole power struggle, right? We want the power that they're going to give him. So what are we going to do to knock him out of his position? We're going to dig up any dirt that we can, knock him out so that we can take that power. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. And so if you've been reading through Daniel along with this series, you'll find out that Daniel, this isn't a surprise to you, right? Daniel has high character. He's a man of integrity. And you see consistency in that character. So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and they said, make King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict, edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, your majesty, issue this decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. So the trap, it's been set. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, 
He went, up, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. And three times a day, he would get down on his knees and pray, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Now, I want you to look at those last six words. Just as he had done before. And that's what we're going to focus on today. I want you to let that sink in. He hears this decree. He knows what it means for his life. He doesn't panic. He didn't think, um, I don't really have a choice here if I want to live. I'm going to have to stop praying to God and pray to the king. He didn't go into some bartering process, even with God. He didn't say, you know, God, you know I've been faithful to you for 60 years. You know I've walked through all of this as a man of integrity and always worshiping you. Um, could, could we just like, for a, just give me some slack for a little while. I need to worship this king for a little, but I don't mean it. It won't mean anything, but this is how I'll save my life, right? He doesn't cave so that he will be okay. He doesn't try to gather political support and go out and bash his um, enemies, the ones accusing him. He didn't even try to run away or get away. What does he do? The scripture tells us that immediately upon hearing the decree, he goes straight to his room and he does what he has always done. So what is it? that Daniel's always done and made a practice of, a spiritual discipline in his life. He's always had a consistent prayer life. He's trained himself in that prayer life, I noticed this, to give thanks. I mean, everything is blowing up around him, right? Can you imagine being thrown into a hole with hungry lions? He knows what that's all about. And, and even in that, he comes before God, bows down, kneels to God, begins to pray, and the scripture tells us, and gives thanks. He has always had a spiritual discipline that no matter what's going on in his life, he knows who his God is, he's thankful to his God, he's grateful, and he always has a life of worship to him. He's consistent. Over and over and over. I was thinking to myself, if I had been in exile for 60 years, if I was 80 years old from the time I was 15 to 17, and this is how it was going to end up, that I had prayed to my God over and over, I had worshipped him, uh, you know, I'd just given my life to him as an act of devotion, I had pursued him through all these, being in exile, being away from my family and my friends and my home. I'm not doing the job that I would want to do in life. I'm, I'm living amongst all these foreigners. And I, what would I do? What would I do? Would I be defeated? Would I be depressed? Would I have anger? Would I have grief? What is my response when trouble comes? Because he's done this for 60 years. It would have been so easy for him to throw in the towel and be like, you know, I've just, why does it matter, obviously? After I've done all this for you and now this is going to be my fate. What's our instinct when we feel threatened? What's our go-to when you get mistreated at work or talked badly about or unfairly by your boss? Do you feel pressure to conform? at school, or in your workplace? What do you do when your heart gets overwhelmed and when you're filled with fear or anger or injustice? What do you do? 
When Daniel faced adversity, listen to this, he didn't learn to trust God once he got in the lion's den. That's not when he started working on trusting God. His faith did not grow. It was not made strong when they put him in the lion's den. The spiritual endurance to withstand the lion's den, listen, it's formed long before entering the lion den, the lion's den. Do you follow that? Your response to those lion's den moments in your life will be determined not by what you think you'll decide or not by what you think you're going to do once you're in there, but by whether you are right now developing the small, consistent, everyday, over and over practices of obedience and spiritual disciplines in your life. What you're doing right now is how you're going to respond. And that's the fortitude to which you will respond to those moments in your life that are like being thrown into a lion's den. I know I, we got our, we got our um, Cincinnati Bengals fans out here, and so I know you guys saw probably a few weeks ago when DeMar Hamlin was hit in the chest, um, or he had the um, cardiac arrest on the field, right? And they were playing the, Buff, um, the Bengals, and the, he was with the Buffalo Bills. And so we all watched that, and the game was stopped, and, and people were um, just so concerned about him. And it was a big, it was all over social media and all over the news. There was another thing playing out that I caught wind of, and I started reading about and, and seeing. And it was another Daniel, uh, a guy named Dan, and his name, uh, he's an ESP analyst. Dan Orlovsky, I don't know that I say it right, but he stunned audiences. He's a commentator for ESPN NFL Live, and he stunned people when he stopped right in the middle of a live commentary. There's millions of people watching when he just stopped to pray for this Buffalo Bills DeMar Hamlin. Millions of people were watching when he just lifted up an impromptu prayer on national television. And I wrote down what he said in his prayer because this one sentence captivated me. It said, if we believed that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. If we believed that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. So I was curious about this Daniel guy. And so I looked up some things on him and I researched about him. So he's also, he used to play for the Detroit Lions. And I thought, how interesting, right? Daniel, who played for the Lions. And he has this faith. He's a retired NFL player, an ESPN commentator. But as I searched more and more on him, I found out, oh, wow, the first thing that pops out about him is he is a man of God. He is a man of God. He once said this, I'm a walking representation of having a relationship with God that on a day-to-day basis lifts him up. Day-to-day basis, consistency. It didn't matter that this Dan 
Daniel of the Detroit Lions, it didn't matter that he was immersed in a secular environment that's been highly criticized for prayer. He wasn't concerned with, um, you know, what if I start praying and then they cut to a commercial. He wasn't concerned about being reprimanded or losing his job or the backlash that we get on social media. Um, he, He didn't seem concerned about any of this. He just did what he always did, and that was pray. Faithful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Faithful people do over and over again what other people just do every now and then. That's the power when you practice spiritual disciplines. So let's go back to our Daniel in the lion's den story. So when Daniel um, has been... Praying in his room, these men go and they, they're just thrilled to death because they catch him in the act, right? They know he's a man of consistency. And everybody knows that Daniel is a praying man. And so, of course, they catch him in prayer and asking God for help. And they've got him right where they want him. They go and tell the king. And then Daniel is seized and he is thrown into the lion's den and they seal it up. Well, the king, the next day, it tells us that he rushes to the lion's den and he knows what he's going to find, right? They open it up and there he finds Daniel alive and there's not even a scratch on his body and he is just in awe. He can't believe it. And the king orders the men who had falsely accused Daniel to be thrown into the lion's den. And I didn't... I wasn't happy about that, but I did say to myself, I bet that was really interesting, right? Those cats had had their mouths closed all night long and they were hungry and mad. Can you imagine? And I thought, wow, I bet that that end to those men was not, that was just not a good thing. And the king issues a decree that everyone in the kingdom is to worship the God of Daniel. And verse 28 tells us, so Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. And I thought to myself that what Daniel had done consistently, praying and worshiping God, it says that everyone in the kingdom is to worship God. What he had done for 60 years of his life was worth the purpose that God had for him, wasn't it? That this entire kingdom turned to the one true God. The practices you build in your spiritual life, they will pay off in different ways in the life, everyday life, and then forever and eternity. And I know for me that with my practice of the piano, I'm never going to be a pianist. And I know that um, my striving to eat healthy, I may start over every Monday morning. But I have resolved, this is one thing I have resolved, that I'm going to consistently pursue the heart of God. Many people um, get a word for the year. Anybody do that? I've had a a lot of friends say to me, what's your word for the year? Some people have the word... um, intentional or persistent and someone I know is has the word strength this year and they said pastor Cindy do you have a word for the year and honestly I I have to be I have to tell you that that several years ago when I started thinking about that the word that just kept coming to my mind and it was my word 
several years ago. It was my word last year. It's my word this year. It'll be my word next year. And the word is Jesus. It's Jesus. Jesus. I want to consistently pursue him in everything that I do. And the scripture tells us that when we put the first things first, when we put him first, all the other things fall into place. And so my question to you this morning, my challenge for you in 2023 is this. What if in this new year, you consistently devoted yourself to spiritual practices that will position you to become who and what God created you to be? There's no greater purpose in your life than who and what God created you to be. And we develop that, we get to that place by consistently chasing after the heart of God, by pursuing him. And all of the things that we worry about falls into place. We've got a saying around here at the valley that we just do what Jesus did. We just do what Jesus did. And so I thought, what if we practiced what Jesus did? practiced. Daniel knew that he devoted at least three times a day to just specific times of prayer where he focused on seeking after God's heart. How is my prayer life? Jesus modeled prayer for us in the scriptures 25 times in the gospels alone. It just talks about his praying and and how he prayed. Am I reading the Bible in a way that's transforming me? Sometimes we just pick it up occasionally. Sometimes we pick it up just for information, but are we reading it so that it transforms us? Another spiritual discipline that we don't even consider is, am I serving others? We don't realize that is a practice that Jesus modeled for us. In Mark 10, 45, Jesus said that his goal in coming to this earth was to serve us, right? He said it coming to this earth was not to be served, but to serve others. How am I doing with that? With the people that come into my path all through the week? How am I doing that within the body of Christ? How am I serving others? How's my generosity? That's a spiritual discipline. Giving is a spiritual gift. gift, a a spiritual discipline in our life. Jesus, when you think about it, he just, he gave his all for us. I want to practice more fasting this year. That's something that I've written down that I want to work more on fasting. If the beginning of Jesus's ministry, he had a big ministry coming up and he knew what was coming in the next three years. And it says that he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He fasted big for a big thing, right? And the times that I have fasted in my life is when God has revealed the most important truths to me. It's the times during fasting, whether it's been a meal or a day or whatever it's looked like, times when I've set aside fixing food, cooking food, preparing food, eating food, focusing on what I'm going to eat next, and I just focused on the heart of God. Those are the times when I saw answers to prayer. You form your practices and your practices form you. And I want to be a praying person this year. I want to be a giving person, a serving person. I want to be faithful to the body of Christ. 
I want to make it at a point to be in church and worshiping together as the body of Christ. Because our practices form who we are. And just like Daniel, we will have moments in this coming year that won't be good, that'll be hard, that'll be difficult. And how are we going to respond? Because once you get in the moment, once you get in the lion's den, who knows? You'll know by what you're doing right now. So just take a little evaluation and see. Here's something I want to leave with you this morning. Daniel wasn't perfect. Thank goodness. (laughs) He was not perfect, but he was consistent. So just go into this new year as you... As the Holy Spirit just shows you areas of your life where he wants you to become closer to him. And just know that you're probably going to mess up. You might forget. But just get right back on it. Don't wait till the next Monday to get started. Turn around and get right back on it. Um, I think I've shared this with you before. I've set my alarm to pray. I've got two, two times on the alarm right now. 9.24 a.m., 9.24 p.m. That's because the Sydney campus launches on 924. And so every time that alarm goes off at 924 a.m. or p.m., God has been so faithful to bring to my mind immediately what we need to pray about. Some of you started reading the one-year Bible. I started that too. I'm already four days behind. Okay? I'm not going to quit. And be like, oh, I didn't do it this year. Messed it up again. I'm not, I don't even know if I'm going to get to do the four that I missed. I'm just going to pick right up on the day that I'm on and keep going. It's consistency. Pick back, pick up where you've left off. Because we become what we do over and over. Would you stand with me for prayer? Let's resolve to make 2023 the year that we consistently pursued Jesus. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. God, we thank you for your spirit and your presence in this room with us and then those watching online. God, we are so grateful. I'm just grateful you don't leave me where I'm at and that you don't give up on me, that you're patient with me, that you see that, that I have to start over and over sometimes. But my heart yearns for you. And so, Lord, that's my prayer for this church this morning. My prayer is that we would be a people, a church that chase after you. And God, if there's anybody this morning that does not know you as their Savior, they have not trusted you with their life, God, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that they would just turn to you and receive you as their Lord and Savior. They would ask you, Lord, to forgive them of any sins and that they would repent and turn their face towards you, God. That you would receive them, Lord, because you love them so much. It's what you've been waiting for their whole life. And I pray, Lord, that they would come to know you as their Savior. And that this year, Lord, would be the best year they've ever had yet. God, I just pray that you bless your people. Thank you for your promises in your word that tells us that if we seek after you, if we pursue you, if we put the first things first, you are faithful, Father, to take care of all the other things that we need and want and all the plans that we have. They'll line up with your will 
And that's the best place we could be. I pray you'd bless your people here today, Lord. Watch over them, protect them. God, may we just chase after you. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app to stay connected with all things The Valley. And if today's message impacted you, share it with a friend, because changed lives change lives.